This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Suyuno Amos. I'm Kenji Cataldo. Today we're speaking with Healani Sonora Pale from Pu'uhonua o Wailupe. Pu'uhonua o Wailupe is a living sanctuary for the stewardship and protection of Ivi Kupuna, cultural sites, natural resources, and traditional Hawaiian rites and practices. Located in a predominantly settler community on East Oahu, they aim to protect the unique history, cultural sites, and Ivi Kupuna of Wailupe. In this moving and sometimes painful conversation, Heilani shares the story of Kanaka putting themselves on the line to protect Ivi and Wailupe, who were threatened by a proposed development. And she calls on all non-Indigenous listeners to believe Native people when they say there are burials present. Here's our interview from September. Aloha Heilani. We are here and we are going to be speaking with you about Pu'uhonua o Wailupe and the work that you're doing there. Um, maybe you could just start by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about Pu'uhonua o Wailupe and some of the folks who are involved and how you came together and what you're organizing around. My name is Heilani Sonora Pale. I was born and raised on Oahu, particularly in the Honolulu area. Uh, I live in East Oahu. And on February 12, 2022, a group of Aloha Aina were called to protect burials in Wailupe. There was heavy machinery and there were people literally clearing away right on right right by the graves of our ancestors. Many of us um, gathered. We went onto the property. We put ourselves in front of the heavy machinery and we stopped the desecration from happening. And that's literally how Pu'uhonua Oailupe was formed on that day. Putting ourselves on the line for our Ivi Kupuna. What happened afterwards was, um, you know, there, of course the cops were called and it was very, it was kind of a volatile situation um, for many weeks. We did occupy the street outside of the property because of course, you know, we were told we were trespassing on the property. Uh, we did that for about four weeks every day. Uh, we had someone watching the property to ensure that no one was on on there developing, grading. Um, the heavy machinery was removed a couple weeks later. Uh, we did report uh, what happened to the State Historic Preservation Division and to the Burial Council, as well as to DPP, the Department of Permitting and Planning, uh, because all of this work that they were doing on that property where there are known burials was illegal. They didn't have a permit for it. So that's pretty much how we were formed. And so it's, there are, we have a larger group, but our board members are um, made up of 
lineal descendants of the burials. We have um, Aloha Aina. We have people like myself from Oahu that have a history of protecting Evie. Um, and we came together and formed Pu'uhonua Owailupe. Pu'uhonua Owailupe is actually, has been, was in place during the time of Kamehameha. During the time of Kamehameha, Wailupe was a place of refuge for our people. And that's what Pu'uhonua means, a place of refuge, a safe place for, where you won't be prosecuted. And what we did on, in February was in, of 2022 was we reestablished that Pu'uhonua. Standing on the shoulders of our kupuna, and uh, right now we are in the process of trying to preserve that property, that place, our puuhonua, forever. Um, Wailupe and Vilivili Nui Ridge has a long documented history of being a burial ground. And there aren't just, I'll tell you, there, there, it's not just one or two. It, that whole ridge has burials. And I, I'm, it's mind-boggling to me how that ridge got developed. <clears throat> there are a system of caves in Vilivili Nui Ridge. And in those caves are burials. And that has always been something that's been in our oral histories as well as documented in, in by archaeologists and uh, in our Hawaiian newspapers. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, that origin story, Heleni, for Pu'uhonua Oailupe. Um, could you share what the status is, you know, right now when we're recording in, in, in September 2023? Well, the status right now is the landowner has done a 180 turn on his position with that property. He now doesn't want to develop it. He now understands the importance of this place to us as a people. Um, he, it took weeks, actually months, uh, but we did um, invite him to come and be a part of our ceremony um, for our kupuna, for the burials. And we did educate him on what was the significance of that place. So now he's in full support of preserving that place. However, he's still paying the mortgage on it. So he wants to get rid of it. And we are now in the process. Um, we applied for the Clean Water and Natural Lands Fund back in January of 2023. We are applying for a grant so that the city and county can purchase the property and, uh, and where we would be, Pu'uhonua Owailupe, our group would be the caretakers. We want to ensure that that property is never developed, that lineal and cultural descendants continue to get access to visit and to pray for their ancestors, their kupuna that are buried there. And we want to also um, propagate native plants and that's what we've been doing. So since February of 2022, um, we now have access to the property. So we have been um, bringing back 
and um, bringing back the native plants, taking out the invasive plants. So there's uvaloa, um, vili vili trees. That's what we're planting. Um, ilima. Uh, we have um, a lot of invasive, like um, the halekoa. That's difficult to get out. Um, it is on a steep slope, so that's another issue that we've been dealing with. And we we recently had a archaeological inventory survey done. We paid for this ourselves. We fundraised, and we paid for this ourselves. Um, literally, by day two, the archaeologist couldn't go any further because by day two, he had found so many um, sites that he had to stop until Shifty came in. So, and that speaks to the actual truth, right? The burden of proof is always on the native. We have been saying that that is a burial site for years. And that property should have never been sold to a developer. That property should have never been given he had a permit to develop it. That permit should have never been given, but it did expire. So all of this, what we're going through is because, and it was actually, it, it was in the civil beat, is because the Department of Permitting and Planning misplaced a letter from Shipti that said, there are burials there, do not develop, literally. And so this misplaced letter um, was the reason why we are in the situation we are in now, where there's a developer who's paying a mortgage, there's a city and county, a whole process that we have to go through. It'll probably take months more longer to finish this process. And we are in the position we were put in, right, where we were facing arrest almost daily during that month-long occupation that we had on Kia'i Street. And um, it, was, it was very traumatic, you know, having to, to deal with that. We, it was a confrontational with the neighbors. Um, and so we're in a good place now with the neighbors. Uh, We've done education. We've canvassed the community twice and given out information letters saying why we're there, what's happening. We mean no harm to anyone. All we're there for is to protect our Ivi Kupuna. And so that's, that's where we're at right now, where we're still going through the process. We just finished our archaeological inventory survey and we have um, just testified at one of our hearings. Um, we're trying to push this process through as quickly as possible. There are other possible or potential buyers for the property. Um, and I can understand the landowner has invested millions in the property. And I, I see us as all victims of what has happened with the corruption at the Department of Permitting and Planning. 
because I'm sure that letter was misplaced on purpose. And six people are now in prison that used to work there. You know, so there's a lot of things that have been going on that is, you know, it speaks to the corruption in government. But also it's sad to think that as Kanaka, we always have to be the ones to prove, to, to bear that burden of proof. You know, there is a law um, that says that desecration is illegal and that if you are guilty of it, you can be fined and, and, and jailed. I, I think it's like HRS 711. <clears throat> and this law has never been used to protect Native burials. So again, it's for EV protectors, it's an uphill battle because, you know, there's no consequences given to developers who desecrate burials. They aren't even given fines by DPP. For the illegal work that was done on the property, there was, there was no fine, there was nothing. It was just a warning letter that was given to the property owner. So that's a huge problem is that accountability. We have to put ourselves on the line because the laws don't work for us. The laws that are set in place to protect burials don't, aren't working for us. And I don't think they were meant to work for us as Native people. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying that one misplaced letter supposedly can can lead to development happening or you know threatening to happen so quickly. Like that's pretty um, crazy. And um, on the other hand, I think it's really incredible that you have been able to build kind of a relationship with the landowner um, to where he has. Uh, changed his his stance kind of um, and that you've been able to connect and communicate with the surrounding community as well. Um, so I'm just thinking about, you know, our audience and this wider um, listenership, I guess, that's listening to this podcast. If there's anything about this situation um, that you think is really important for them to take away or just know about the situation as it currently stands? Well, I think it's a testament to the power of, of community. And uh, if we organize well enough, if we persevere, we you can you, you can make a difference when it comes to Ivi Kupuna and, and protecting native burials. It just takes an extremely large amount of energy to do so and work. Um, it's important to to reach across the, the aisle, right? I mean, when the cops were called um, every day, the cops were very nice to us. I mean, they, they never arrested us for trespassing. And so we're not there to tell you know to 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 build to make enemies we're there to build bridges 
so people understand the pain we are in when we have to see our kupuna being desecrated, our, the evi kupuna being unearthed. And the pain that we are in, having to prove time and again who we are, our connection to that land, and that the fact that there are our kupuna buried there. Like, just believe us. Believe us. Believe the Native people. When they say that there are burials there, believe us. Because, and then that's the hard part, is having to prove. I mean, we had to pay thousands of dollars, literally, to hire an archaeology group to do a survey. And literally, by day two, they were like, we can't do anymore because there's so much here. We need Shipti to come in. We need the state to come in and to document all of these burials. There were more burials found on that property. And they literally just didn't, they, they moved, what, 20 feet into the property. And there was so much. So you need believe Native people. And that's, that's the hard part. For non-Natives listening right now, believe us when we say, there are burials there. Believe us when we say that it is traumatic for us to have to watch and stand by as our Evi Kupuna are unearthed and desecrated. Believe us, stand with us. That's important. Yeah, thank you, Heilani, and, and for sharing, you know, that even though, you know, it's it's inspiring to see this community action happening, that there is a cost to that. And not just financial costs, but emotional and, and spiritual costs to, to seeing that happen and having to stand up again and again and again um, each time it happens. I'll just take a second to take a, take a breath. You know, I'm thinking about the way you were talking about um, this Pu'uhonua um, that existed before and that you are now restoring um, into, into the future. Um, this place of refuge in a place that right now there's been this need for confrontation. Um, and if you could share, you know, your vision or the, or the vision of Pu'uhonua Wailupe for the future of that place um, and for what, you know, it can be for the community moving forward. Thank you. And, you know, I, I think it's important for me to mention that our president, Michael Hikalea, on both sides from both his mother and father, he is a descendant of Wailupe. He even has artifacts that have been passed down generation to generation in his family. And so a lot of the, the vision and the direction that we take comes from him, comes from Michael Hikalea and that Ohana, um, because he is of that place. Uh, his ancestors, you know, built the hail in the back of the valley, um, laid the the altar down. Um, he car he carries with him a a poi pounder that was passed down from his kupuna Poonui, who is the son of Pele Iholani, um, and it has his actual initial on it. And that initial is carved into the stone up on a mountain ridge near Wailupe. 
So the the roots, the deep roots that our president has, we acknowledge that and we take direction from there, from him. And it's important to mention that because as Kanaka, we have to look to the people that are of that place and take direction. I am just a kako'o, I am just a support. I live in the area. I am there to be a kia'i to watch and to protect. The future of Pu'uhonua Wailupe, what we're looking at, and, and this is coming from our president, is creating a, a burial preserve for um, East Oahu. So there is a, a soccer field not that far from where that property is. And it's, it's a huge soccer field. Lots of soccer games are done there. But when they built that field, they took out all of the burials from that area. That field is built on a burial site. They took the, the bones and they put it in Pearl City in a cemetery there. And they didn't, they didn't bury them individually. They buried them in one grave. And then they listed their names on one tombstone. So they put all the burials they found into a mass grave in all the way on the west side of the island, on the other side of the island. And they listed their names down as if they were nothing. So what we're hoping to do once this process is over is bring those burials back and treat them with the aloha and respect that they deserve. Those burials are our president's ohana. They're, they're his family. There are other burials that have been found along the way. And we, have, we are in talks with the Board of Water Supply as well. They're planning to um, put in new pipes. And every time the Board of Water Supply um, does any kind of digging around that area, they usually find Evie. So what we want to do is make sure if Evie is found in that area in East Oahu, we want to we be there. We want to we malama the Evie and we want to bring it that Evie back to a safe place, a place where they will be respected, they will be loved, they will be cared for. That's our that's our plan for the future. Yeah, I I really appreciate. Um, you know, I, I think it's important for our listeners to definitely hear. Um, what you said about believing Kanaka um, when they say that there are burials in a place so that there doesn't need to be um, this proving over and over again. Um, and I guess I wonder if there are um, any other needs or calls to action or ways for people to learn more about this issue spread information about this issue, get involved, support in tangible ways. Um, if there's anything for listeners who may be interested to be aware of. Yeah. So we have a website, it's puhonuaowailupe.org. And if you, if you go on that website, you can subscribe to our email list. And when we have work days, we do have work days, that people can come to, the public comes to. 
uh, to plant and to clean up and take out the invasive species um, plants. You can, if you sign up, we'll let you know about those work days. We'll let you know about hearings. We'll let you know what's going on. And also we have a blog on our website where we update the public on, on kind of where we're at right now. So we try to keep the public informed. Um, you know, we're creating, it's what, what we're doing in Guadalupe is some something new built on something old. And so we're trying to navigate the best way we can with using the EK of our kupuna and the input of the families from Guadalupe to move forward but then also trying to navigate and, and create something new that would um, that would last and that you know our children can can take over and um, you know a lot of us on our board have children and our children are very much involved in taking care of that place. So we're looking towards having you know the next generations come and take care of that place and. Um, it's great to have a lot of support. We have a lot of support now from the community. Yeah, so that website is, we'll link it in the show notes too, probably, but puuhonuaowailupe.org. And am I correct? There also seems to be a donation yes. link on the website. Yeah. So yeah, as can... part of the process for the Clean Water Natural Lands Act um, fund, uh, to to get the funds to have the county purchase the property, we had to become a nonprofit. So we are a nonprofit. Your donations are tax deductible, and it will be used toward creating this preserve. Um, we have a lot of work to do on the property, but right now a lot of our work, most a lot of I would say sixty percent of our work is just paperwork compiling the histories, compiling um, reports. Our application was 300 pages long. Um, that's with all the attachments and appendixes, you know, all the reports. So it was, it, it's a lot of work to, to do this, to move forward, but it's worth it because it's something that will stand the test of time. Yeah. And it's just painful to hear that the archaeological survey had to come kind of out of pocket. So I'm glad that you're seeking more funding now and that there are ways for folks to um, fiscally support too. Um, hey, Lenny, I wanted to ask a different kind of question. And this is, you know, if you don't want to go there, that's totally fine. But I'm wondering, you know, as you're, as you're telling us about this and, you know, the pain that's so evident in, in this story and what you're sharing how you folks malama yourselves while you're doing this work? That's a great question. So not that far down the road from Wailupe is a spring, a punavai. It's a sacred spring. It's called Kaniwai Spring. And every day when we go there, we always go to the spring. And that spring is, um, is a sacred place for us but it's also a place of rejuvenation for us. So all of the all of the pain, the hurt, all of the work, the sweat, the tears that go into the aina, we take it with us and we uvai at the 
the spring. And that's part of our whole process too, is making sure that after we work, we go to the spring and we we cleanse there and we talk story and we just kind of debrief, eat fruit, drink water, you know, kind of thing. And so that's, um, that's an important part of it. And it's important also to stand with people you trust and love. And that is a big part of our success as Pu'uhono Wailupe, is that a lot of us, you know, we're, I'm working with people I've never worked with before, but we have this camaraderie that is is so loving. And that's another big part of organizing for the long term is not having toxicity in your group or in your work and focusing on the work. So and I'm very, very blessed to be working with everyone on that, on that board. Yeah. Those are, I think really great insights to apply to kind of any struggle or movement. So mahalo for sharing that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't been able to touch on in this conversation? I think, you know, well, maybe just some thoughts on the movement in, in general, but I, I, I think movements like the Puhono Owailupe are important. Um, and it's important that these movements come from the community from, from, and are led by people of that place and of that land. And a lot of people like to say, you know, Hawaiians, we need to be united. We need to be one people. Yes, we are united. Yes, we are one people but we're also very diverse. And I see the movement as communities rising up, individual communities cre- and creating these kipukas. We're not the first pu'uhonua on Oahu. We're like in probably like the fourth or fifth in a series of pu'uhonua that have come up. And it speaks to the fact that Hawaiians are creating our own kipuka. We are creating our own safe spaces for our own people all over the Paiaina, all over the islands. And that's what our movement is about. It's about our diversity and it's about communities coming up and taking back their vai, taking back their aina and protecting their ivi. And that's, that's really an exercise of ea, of sovereignty, of um, of self-determination. So I, I just want to speak to it because people, you know, I hear discussions about the movement and the sovereignty movement, but it really is a complex thing and it's, we're diverse. And the future, the way the movement is going to move forward, we probably don't even know how, we couldn't even imagine what it's going to look like in 20 years. But who would have imagined that there are, what, five or six Pu'uhonua all over the islands? You know, we had the Pu'uhonua o um, Pu'uhuluhulu. And we had, um, we have the Pu'uhonua in Waimanalo with Bumpy. And we have the Pu'uhonua in Waianae with Auntie Twinkles. 
So we have all these pūhonua, and it's all led by kanaka, and it's it's creating these safe spaces, kipuka, for our people so that we can be strong and it's footholds in these communities that are going to um, pave the way for the future. It, it's not going to be one blanket answer when it comes to our people in terms of sovereignty and air. It's going to come from these different communities. And I mean, for me, I mean, you know, each island was a different kingdom for most of our history. And so every island is different and every part of each island is different. And East Oahu, East Oahu has mana, but all of, you know, the stories and the places of East Oahu have been covered over by development and by settlers and foreigners. You go there now, you're lucky if you see Hawaiians in the store. You know, you're lucky if you see any any inkling that Hawaiians lived there once in in that neighborhood. It's a very influential neighborhood. It it you know the houses there are millions of dollars. It's high it's really developed and the people that live there are very successful people and mostly settlers. So it's about reclaiming these places, making this again a Hawaiian place and reminding people that we were here for thousands of years. So that's, I think it's important. And I, it's just a thought I, w- I wanted to share and I've been thinking about in terms of, yeah, you know, I'm, I am in the sovereignty movement, have been for many, many years, but I would have never imagined the movement to evolve the way it has. But I wanted to share that. Thank you. Yeah, mahalo, Helani, And I love what you said about, you know, not even being able to imagine what, what it'll look like in 20 years. And I think the the potential for that adaptation and innovation and, um, you know, all grounded still in what, what came before. Um, yeah, mahalo for everything you've, you've shared today, Helani. Um, really appreciate you taking the time um, and, and, and energy and sharing um, this story with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you telling our story. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho! Dim spending done.